If you would, turn in the Bible to John chapter 5. John chapter 5. While you're turning there, I want to let you all know, and I know this doesn't really make sense, but we are about to start a new series through the Gospel of John, okay? And so why am I preaching John chapter 5 today? Because I've really been wanting to preach this, but get ready. We usually give you all a little bit of time. We're going to start very soon preaching through the gospel of John. You know, we've preached through other books. That's what we do. We're kind of in between these series right now. But here in the next couple of weeks, we will start John, and we will take a long time to just walk through it. We want you to be committed to that. We're going to be committed to that. Together as a church, we will all learn what God is doing through the gospel of John. It doesn't get more uh, simple and good and basic and instructional and foundational than the gospel of John. It's going to be awesome, and we want you to be committed to that. I don't know what we'll do here several months down the road when we get to chapter five. Maybe we'll just preach this same sermon again. Uh, Depends on how well it takes. I don't know. Or maybe we'll just do a condensed version or something like that. But this morning, we're in John chapter five. And I want to talk to you today about us being a witness for Jesus Christ. I have been praying and oh, I am hoping that God is making you and me and us collectively and us individually witnesses to Jesus. It's a very simple sermon today, but I want us to get that. If you are truly one of God's children by faith in Christ, then you are to be a witness to Jesus. If you are a follower of Jesus and you identify that you're a Christian, then you are to be a witness to Jesus. And if you are a church member, attend somewhere, go somewhere, then you are to be a witness to Jesus. That's what the Bible teaches. We are to understand that. And may it not be the case for us, for us here, that we are claiming Christ or thinking that we are trusting in him for salvation and then yet neglecting that we are to be an outward witness to him. This is really, really important. The word witness in my English Bible is found 164 times. Sounds like a lot, but that's a big Bible. It doesn't mean it's that uh, common. Out of those 164 times, 91 of those are found in the New Testament. It's not that much. Out of those 91 times in the New Testament, 27 times you have the word witness in the Gospel of John. That's the most of any book that we have in in the New Testament. John uses this word that I'm preaching on today more than any other New Testament author, 27 times in John, and there is no other chapter in John's writing that uses the word witness more than this chapter today, chapter five. So this chapter that we're looking at today is one of the most concentrated passages to study when thinking about what it means to be a witness to Jesus. It's good for us. If you were to ask somebody, talk to me about being a witness, people would have talked about the Great Commission, Matthew 28. People would have gone to Acts 1-8, which we already read, and I'm gonna point out later where it says, you will be my witnesses. But beyond that, what would we have done? What, what weighs on us that makes us get it? And I'm, I'm, I'm telling you that it's here at John chapter five where you have the most emphasis, this is the teaching of Christ on being a witness. This is a good study for us. It's very, very focused and concentrated. I like that. And guess who is the subject in witness here? 
It is none other than John the Baptist, that unique character, that guy that is funny, that guy that is interesting or fascinating. He is the one that is the witness here that Christ is talking about. If there was ever one to study in the area of witness, John the Baptist must be the one. Listen to how John the Apostle, not John the Baptist, how John the Apostle speaks about John the Baptist in his prologue, which is the beginning of John. You don't have to turn there, but these are the three verses in John chapter one, six through eight, that speak about John the Baptist. Listen to these words. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light. Isn't that good? That is so basic and so simple. There was a man like us, and he came to bear witness to the light, Jesus. Why? That all might believe through him. Church, the goal of all witnessing is that people might be saved. The goal of all good works is that people might believe and glorify their Father in heaven. The goal of our witness is to so introduce people to the God that loves them and sent his son Jesus to die for them. If you were looking for a life verse or a new tattoo or a family motto, may I suggest John 1, 7. He came as a witness to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. You may never be a John the Baptist, but may you desire to let your life witness like his did. We need those types of witnesses in the world. The next time you are discouraged or you doubt or you start to wonder and struggle in your thoughts, may you remember and remind yourself of John 1-7, that your purpose is a clear-cut purpose, that we are to bear witness about the light that all might believe through him. May you never feel that pressure and that weight to be the light in such a way where you think that it all hangs on you. May you, be may you be encouraged and strengthened to know that it is about Jesus. Jesus is the one who gave his life. Jesus is the one who sacrificed himself. Jesus is the one who died for other people. Jesus is the one who holds all of that in his hands. You don't have to be that. You're not gonna be anybody's savior. You're not gonna offer redemption to anybody. You are simply to point people to him. You're to be a witness to Christ. Now that in the beginning of John is not our focal passage today. I told you it's John chapter five. And we're gonna read from verse 30 all the way to verse 47. John 5, 30 to 47. But remember, it's about being a witness. And this right here is the chapter with the most discussion on witness. John 5, starting in verse 30. I can do nothing on my own. I he, as I hear, I judge. And my judgment is just because I seek not my own will, but the will of him who sent me. If I alone bear witness about myself, my testimony is not true. 
There is another who bears witness about me, and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth. Not that the testimony that I receive is from man, but I say these things so that you may be saved. He was a burning and shining lamp, and you were willing to rejoice for a while in his light. But the testimony that I have is greater than that of John for the works that the Father has given me to accomplish, the very works that I am doing bear witness about me that the Father has sent me. And the Father who sent me has himself borne witness about me. His voice you have never heard, his form you have never seen, and you do not have his word abiding in you, for you do not believe the one whom he has sent. You search the scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about me. Yet you refuse to come to me that you may have life. I do not receive glory from people, but I know that you do not have the love of God within you. I have come in my Father's name and you do not receive me. If another comes in his own name, will you, you will receive him. How can you believe when you receive glory from one another and do not seek the glory that comes from the only God? Do not think that I will accuse you to the Father. There is one who accuses you, Moses, on whom you have set your hope. For if you believed Moses, you would believe me, for he wrote of me. But if you do not believe his writings, how will you believe my words? Man, this is a good passage. When we get into John here down the road in a couple of weeks, you're gonna see that John is a great study for us. In this passage here today, thinking of witness, we have Jesus talking about this, this, this subject. Truthful testimony and faithful witness to himself. Truthful testimony and faithful witness to himself. Those words are used throughout this passage. And so, Jesus here in this talk brings up John the Baptist. Jesus affirms that John the Baptist has been, has been, a good and truthful witness and testimony. Jesus also confirms that the goal of the witness, as I've already introduced, to Jesus, the witness to Jesus, is that people would be saved. I pointed it out from John chapter one, six and seven, but Jesus emphasizes the very same thing here in John chapter five. Look back with me at verse 32 and 33. I showed you this from John one, six and seven, but I want you to see this here from John 5, 32 and 33. Jesus says, there is another who bears witness about me and I know that the testimony that he bears about me is true. You sent to John, and he has borne witness to the truth, not that the testimony that I have received is from man, but look at this, but I say these things so that you may be saved. John says that in chapter one, the apostle writing about John the Baptist that all would believe, and Jesus says it here, talking about himself, that people would believe that they would be saved. I mean, it, it is very clear to see that. I want us to look now at this unique and consummate, and I use that word carefully, compliment that Jesus gives about John the Baptist. I use the word consummate here because John the Baptist's purpose is so clear in the Bible. Really, nobody questions it. He is a witness to Jesus and therefore becomes a fantastic example for us and a good study this morning. We know very little about him other than that. He came to prepare the way for the Messiah to come, right? That's basically it. 
His story is like Jesus's in that we hear about his birth, Zechariah and Elizabeth, it comes about at Christmas time, and then we don't hear much about him at all until he comes on the scene as this New Testament prophet pointing people to Jesus. It's really good. He came pointing people to Jesus. I remember when my kids were little, and we're reading through kids' Bibles every night and going through it, and you get to this character, John the Baptist, and the kids' Bibles always make him so fascinating. He's this big guy, burly guy, big hair, long hair, you know, long beard, all that. He wore camel's fur, and he ate locusts and honey, and he's this unique guy. But nobody misses what his point was. People get ready. Jesus is coming. He would always say, it's not me. I'm not the one. I'm not the one you're looking for. I'm not the one to follow. I'm not the guy. And then he'd point to Jesus. Sometimes even literally pointing to Jesus. Behold the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. John the Baptist was a true and faithful witness to Christ. Well, this compliment that I'm talking about comes from chapter five, verse 35. Look at that. John chapter five, verse 35. In John chapter five, verse 35, we have Jesus saying, he was a burning and shining lamp. And this is where we're gonna stay the rest of the time. This is it. John was a burning and shining lamp. I like this compliment. I really, really like it. Now, he uses it in past tense here. Everybody see that? Was. If you know the story of John the Baptist, you know that John got killed. John the Baptist got killed uh, for being a witness to Christ. So perhaps when Jesus is even saying this now, perhaps this has already happened. I don't know, but there's a thought. But the compliment here is that he is a burning and shining lamp. In the witness that John was, Jesus describes him in that way. Before we get into burning and shining lamp, a little bit more on witness. If you've never heard this before, witness is the same word as martyr. Have you heard that before? It is the very same root word that brings about martyr. Martyr is somebody who dies for what they believe. They believe in it so much they are willing to die for it. And so you can see why the word witness comes from the word martyr because I am so trying to tell you that this is the truth that I'm willing to die for it. I am so committed to this and have conviction with this and so much belief in this that I am willing to die for it. And so witness is really the same word here as martyr. But check this out. Not just the word witness, which is found in John chapter five so much, but so is the word testimony. The word testimony has the same root word as martyr. And so what's happening here in John chapter five is you've got four uses of the word testimony, six uses of the word witness, which means 10 uses in John chapter five of the, of the root word martyr. In this little section of scripture that we're reading, the idea of pointing people to somebody with such seriousness and depth and conviction that we would be a witness. We believe in Christ and who he is and what he's done in us. He is the worthy one. He gave his life on the cross and we believe that with everything that is in us. So this passage is about being a witness to the point that you would be willing to die for it. 
A martyr is somebody who you know they believe the truth and they believe the truth they're telling you. You know that they believe this message. Nobody questioned that about John the Baptist. And church, this is what the Bible tells us we are to be. We are to be witnesses. We are to be people who wherever we find ourselves, whoever we hang around with, whoever works in the office with us, whoever lives on the street beside us, whoever we end up being around, we are to be witnesses to Jesus. Now we read earlier from Acts chapter one, verse eight, that's the end of the gospels, the very first verses of the book of Acts. That's when Jesus ascends and leaves earth and he's gone. And it's in that passage where he says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. The very plan and strategy for God to reach the world. Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth, which means Fairdale and Louisville and Kentucky and the very most parts of the earth, which means Dixie Highway and Outer Loop and Bardstown Road and Keys Ferry and, and Manslick Road and everywhere else you can name, Chieftain Drives and Mitchell Hill Road and wherever you come from. The very strategy for God to reach the people that are there is for you and nobody else, for you. To have God's power working in you, that you would go and be a witness. That you would be about Jesus in such a way that other people would say, man, he believes. I can't ignore. I can't just dismiss it. He believes, and I've got to consider whether I believe too. That's what it means to be a witness. That's what it means to be a witness. Jesus here tells us John was one. Matter of fact, he was a burn and shine, burning and shining lamp. So now let's look at that. It's pretty clear what a lamp is. Everybody knows that. No confusion here. A lamp is something that gives off light. We've heard about this. John was a lamp. John gave off light. I don't think there's more that needs to be said about that. But the type of lamp that he was, burning and shining, is where we'll finish today. He, in my English version, says burning and then shining, but for the sake of it flowing the way I want it to, I'm gonna go shining, then burning. The first thing he was, was a shining lamp. He was shining. There's no real question about shining. You know what it means to shine. It means the light was visible. It wasn't like the, the, the lights that we have in the parking lot over here on Outer Loop in front of PetSmart where all the lights are on but you really can't even see it's so dark over there. It was shining bright where you could see. John was shining bright so that people would see Jesus, so that people would hear about Jesus. John was shining in such a way that lives could be touched, people could be impacted, People would be introduced to a way of life that they had not known about. People would be introduced to forgiveness of sins that they'd been living in the conviction of sins. People would be introduced to things like hope and peace and purpose and a joy that cannot come from this world. John was shining in that way. He was shining light in darkness, the darkness of this world. 
Light illuminates, it gives direction, it gives guidance, and John was a shining light because he was testifying about Jesus. John lived for Jesus, he talked about Jesus, he worked for Jesus. Everything John was doing was trying to get people to go to Jesus. John baptized people. That's where he got the name John the Baptist. If you didn't know this, his last name was not the Baptist. His name was John, that's all we know. He baptized people, so he started being called John the Baptist. And he would tell people, you need to be forgiven of your sins. That's a good place to start. That doesn't mean you're judging people. That means you're admitting you need to be forgiven of your sins, and you're helping people recognize they need to be forgiven of their sins. I mean, by and large, almost everybody knows that they sin. It's the way you communicate this. We sin. And sometimes you gotta say, that's sin. And John would do this. And he would tell people, man, you need to repent, you need to turn to God, you need to get right. But he would talk to people about the forgiveness of sins. John, in so many ways, or in every way, was a witness to Jesus. He was shining for Jesus. From what the Bible tells us, people came to know Christ, came to follow Christ, came to trust in Christ so that their sins would be forgiven because of what John the Baptist did. He was a shining lamp for Jesus, a true witness for Jesus. And the Bible wants us to be too like John the Baptist. When my kids were small, we used to do all these cool, fun things, and man, have I gotten older, and even just bringing this up makes me think, don't ever do any cool, fun things with my kids anymore. And it, that hurts to say that. But when they were small, we did. And one of the really fun things to do is to take a flashlight, turn off the lights, and go and get any of your little toys, and you set that thing right there, and if you got the wall behind it, you can, you can take that flashlight, and you can manipulate the, the thing you're doing so that the shadow is really big. Hey, if you've got little kids tonight, and you want to make tonight awesome, get you a flashlight. And to be honest, anything you do with kids in a flashlight is just awesome. I mean, it really is. I don't know why they love it so much, but they do. If you're just simply reading a book, sitting on your lap, reading a book, and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, wait a second, go get the flashlight, let's turn off all the lights and read this book. All of a sudden reading the book together just went from all right to amazing, like best night ever, let's do it again, you know? Like it just makes it cool. But one of the things that you can do is you can take a little toy with the flashlight and you can, you know, you can do this and you can make it big and it's really cool. If you've got the wall right there and you take a, a Barbie or you take a Lego, you know, it depends on who you're, who you're dealing with here, but you take a little Lego man who's like yay tall, minifigure, and you do like this, you can get him on the wall as this big Awesome thing, and you can you can take his arms and just you know flip those up, and then on the wall you've got this guy going, you know, and it's really really kind of cool to do that, and kids kids like that. But the, the 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 simple point that I'm trying to make is this this thing shining the flashlight can make that thing look so clear, can make it look so bright. It can it can be dark, and you're like, where you know where's the where's the Lego man? You shine that light and like, there he is. And then you can do it and you make him look big. And it's the idea that the light is shining so you can see the thing. 
I don't want to say, and I don't want you to hear, and I don't want our church to ever try to even send the message that when we're awesome, it makes Jesus awesome. That's not what I'm saying. We're not awesome, and he doesn't need us to try to make him look good. Everybody hear that? We're not awesome, and he doesn't need us to try to make him look good. He's so good. And we want to point people to that. If for countless reasons they don't know how good he is, we want to introduce them to that. We want them to consider that God made them, loves them, and gave his son to die for them. And if they will turn from their sins and trust in him, they can have God forever. God will have them forever and they can become a child of God. When we say shine the light for Jesus, we don't mean be awesome. We don't mean just be good. We don't mean a world or a pile of good works alone. We mean do what you do so that people see Jesus. Just like the light shines on the toy. John was like that. It would be hard for you right now to give me any info on John the Baptist that doesn't include or refer back to Jesus and who Jesus is and what Jesus does. In that way, John is the consummate witness. He came to bear witness about Jesus that all might believe through him, John 1, 7. He was not the light, but came to bear witness about the light, John 1, 8. He was a shining lamp, John 5, 35. And oh, that you and I, in being witnesses, would shine for Jesus. Some real practical questions would be, are there people in this area who are being introduced to the real Christ, the truth, who he is and what he's done, what he's like and what he says through us? Do the people in our homes have a better understanding of Christ? Now, you can't make anybody believe, I know that. But do the people in our homes have a a better understanding and a more accurate picture the savior of the world through the light that we are shining on Christ? Do the people in our workplace who wrestle with self-worth like we all do, who battle struggle and low self-esteem and depression and mental health, do all the people that we know, are, are we helping them think about Jesus because of the light that we are in witness to him? John, shine that light. He was a shining lamp. But that's not the only thing that Jesus says about John being a witness. He also says that he was burning. And this is the biggest point that I wanted to make today. Lamps shine and they burn. I'm not exactly sure what type of lamp Jesus has in mind here. I don't know what their nightstands or lampstands or end tables were like in in Jesus' day. I don't think they were battery powered. I don't think they had an outlet into the wall. This is probably some sort of candle or wick or torch or burning that created this. 
And so you and I can think that it was a light shining because there was a fire burning. That makes sense? I mean, real simple, right? Just in the same way that you would think of a candle, right? Everybody has lit a candle before. And just this week, because we've had rain and darkness for five or six or seven straight days, and on our street, the power went out. Power went out one day this week. It was only off for about 30 minutes. They came back, oh, the power went out. And when the power goes out, it's complete darkness, isn't it? I mean, you can't see anything. You'll stub your toe real quick in a house that you walk in all the time. And the power goes out, it's dark, and you can just go grab a candle and light that candle real quick, and that candle will seemingly put off light everywhere. I mean, it may not be as bright as, as you want it to be, but it'll give enough light where you can at least see, oh yeah, there's the bedroom and there's the kitchen and then, you know, there's the thing that I was looking for, right? That little thing could do that. And I want you to bear with me for just a second, okay? Think about this. That candle that can bring light to the whole room, now it may not be as bright as you want it to be, but right there at that candle, what, what is it? It's one little wick that's just a piece of string or rope or cloth or material on fire. Not a big fire, not a fireplace, no logs were brought in, just like a thread right here, that big on fire, but a lot of light. Isn't that how a candle works? Now take that same thought and look back to 535 and hear Jesus say he was a burning and shining lamp. I think this is what Jesus is saying about John. And I want this to be true for me and for you. Shining is what was happening on the outside. Burning is what was happening on the inside. Which means it cannot shine unless it burns. We must never forget church. If we would shine, we must burn. On the inside of us must be a deep, sincere heart that loves and trusts in Christ. I'm not saying you gotta be awesome. I'm saying your heart has to believe deep down in Jesus. If you want to be a witness that shines a light, you must be a witness that burns on the inside. This week, I had a conversation with somebody about what some of the things that God's doing around here. Last Sunday, I don't know how this Sunday morning was, but last Sunday morning, Garth Farmer, our student minister, sent me a text that said, we had nearly 40 teenagers in Sunday school. Not pizza party Friday night, not youth group Wednesday night where you try to play wiffle ball or something like that. Sunday school at 9.30. And I can tell you how many times I sat up there and did a Bible study with two and Jake can tell you how many times he sat up there and did a Bible study with about eight. And this week, somebody was talking to me about all the things that God's doing around here. 
And I said to them, of course, I've been thinking a lot about burning and shining. And I said to them, for a long time now, people have been praying and praying and praying and teaching for God to work in this area of South Louisville. It has not been a shining only. It has been a burning of people wanting God to work. John the Baptist was used by God shining because as Jesus tells us, John the Baptist was burning. On the inside of him, he desired to be a witness to Jesus. Now, what's the key here? Well, one of those awesome studies that you get into as soon as you start to take the Bible seriously and being a Christian are the I am statements of, 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 of Jesus, the seven I am statements in John. And when you get into those statements, I mean, a lot of people have studied these early on, they start reading their Bibles, you, you get to John chapter 8, verse 12, and you hear Jesus say, I am the light of the world. That's, Jesus says that. He says, I am the light of the world. He is the light of the world. But well before you've even read John before, you've probably heard in Matthew chapter 5 that Jesus says, you are the light of the world, haven't you? Most of y'all have heard that before. That Jesus says, I'm the light of the world, and Jesus teaches you are the light of the world. And so you ask the question, well, which one is it? And that's the very point that I'm trying to make here today. That is, the, that is the, the case in the illustration of John the Baptist. That Jesus is the light source. Anybody in the world that is the light of Jesus is truly only the light of Jesus because the Jesus that is the light is living inside of them. The Holy Spirit is working inside of them and you can't get this confused. The light source of Jesus, the light of the world, works through people making them the light of the world. Not because there's anything good in them. He spends the whole New Testament teaching that there's nothing good in you. The very words of Jesus say, there's nothing good in you. The very words of Jesus say, you cannot do it on your own. Apart from me, you can do nothing. We are never to get that confused. But we are to be aware and understanding that Christ shines through people because he burns through people. He does. So let's go back to my little flashlight illustration where you shine the light on your little Barbie doll thing there and you make that thing look big and bright and clear and seen. It's so much fun to do that. But you know what happens a lot at our house? I, I hate when this happens. The kids, the girls, <laughs> will leave that flashlight somewhere and we won't find it and then when the power goes out, girls, we go get the flashlight, and they go get the flashlight, and what? It is dead. Happens every time. But here's what you know about that flashlight. It's nothing to do with the bulb. It's nothing to do with the, is it broken? You know, sometimes I say, it's broken. It's not broken. The source that creates the light is not there. The very thing that makes it shine is not there. It, it, it can still shine if it had the thing that makes it shine. The bulb's not smashed. 
The, the flashlight's not broken. The battery's dead. Hey, people sin and cannot live for the glory of God on their own. They cannot be a witness to Christ on their own. But if they were to come to Christ and trust in him, then they can be a witness. Anybody that gets Christ in them can be a witness to Christ. They can burn for him. It doesn't matter how long your batteries have been dead. It doesn't matter how long you've not been shining. It doesn't matter how long you think you are. It doesn't matter how long my flashlight's been lost. If it's still functional, you charge that thing up and it will work. If anybody, you, would trust in Christ today with all of your heart and say, God, I'm trying to get serious now. God, I want to follow you. Then you can be a witness for Jesus. And you should be, and you ought to be. He made you for that reason. He is so good. We shine his light because he shines his light in us. And John becomes this awesome example for us because in John 5.35, we have this great compliment. He was a burning and shining lamp. Oh, that you and I would be. Oh, that that this church would be a real witness to Christ. We got our new sign out there. Hopefully y'all have seen that. It's been raining too much for us to uh, fully get it finished. But the new sign is there. We love that sign. The, the storm that came through several months ago destroyed our old sign, and it was an old sign. So we got a new sign now. When you get a new sign, hopefully some people are gonna see it, right? That's, I mean, that's what signs are for, Right? But do we want them to keep on driving and go, man, nice sign? Do we want them to keep on driving and go, man, they must have some money because that's a real stone sign they got there, buddy? No. We literally, and you know, we, a lot of times we use literally wrong. We literally want people to know Jesus. And if the sign would put them, in any direction toward that, that was the goal. We want people to get to know you because if they know you, they'll be introduced to Jesus. We want people who need forgiveness of sins, which is all of us, me and you, to get to know you so that they would see what it looks like to live a humble, broken life, trusting in Christ, and say, I need to be forgiven of my sins like you are. Witnesses exist to help people come to that point. One final warning and we're done. Being a witness is not equivalent with goodness. And I just felt like this has to be said. Yes, goodness is a fruit of the Holy Spirit, right? We know that. Goodness is listed in the fruit of the Holy Spirit in Galatians chapter five. But it's not equal to being a witness. Goodness, which generally said, is, is everywhere. I know all kinds of non-Christian people that are filled with goodness and they would give you the shirt off their back and they help you out and they'll give you a ride home after practice and you know they'll buy you a meal and they're doing good deeds. There's tons of people out there like that. They're not equal. 
Goodness without Jesus is not the same thing as goodness with Jesus. There's a difference. One is trying to be a witness to the Savior, and the other is doing it for all kinds of other reasons. And so I think this warning right here at the end of this witness message is a necessary word for all who would do church or Christianity. It's a necessary word for us here today that we do not equate goodness as being a witness to Christ. It's a part of our witness to Christ, absolutely. But it's not the only witness to Christ. In our church's mission statement, which is on the front of your bulletin and we talk about a lot, it says that we exist to proclaim Jesus. We want to tell people about Jesus everywhere we go in every way that we can without being obnoxious. In our church's mission statement, though, it says we exist to proclaim Jesus while loving and serving both God and people. As we talk about Jesus, we want them to be loved and we want them to be served. As we talk about Jesus, we want God to be loved and God to be served. And so as we go about doing what we do and being who we are and navigating all the places that the Lord has placed us, we want people to know Jesus. Here's the warning, though. When Paul writes his letter to Timothy, the young minister who's supposed to be leading the church uh, in the New Testament, he says, there are people, 2 Timothy chapter 3, who have the appearance of godliness, but they are denying its power. He then says, they profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. You hear that warning? They have the appearance of godliness. They show up to stuff like this. They got certain convictions. Their parents went to church. They have a Bible. They're okay with prayer. But they deny its power. They profess to know God, he says, but they deny God by their works. See, our works are not the whole of it. They're a part of it. But it is our specific, burning and shining, truthful testimony and faithful witness to Jesus that is involved here. We will hold the door for you. We'll provide you a meal. We will shovel your driveway. We'll visit you wherever we can. You could come up with any good work, and we're here for it. I mean, seriously, we, we like to do it. You, you tell me something that needs to be done this week for anybody around here, anybody you know, we're going to try to do it. That's our reputation. We go hard here, and I'm not kidding about that. We will work our tails off to make a difference in this world, but we are not stopping there. We are wanting those folks to trust in their Savior. We are wanting those folks to turn from their sins and believe in Jesus who loves them. We want to be a witness. We want to shine for Christ. And by the grace of God, may it be 
that were burning for him on the inside. If you're here today and you are not a witness to Jesus, you can start being one. If you're here today and you've thought you were a Christian or you are a Christian, but you've not been a witness to Jesus, then hey, when we start singing right here in a minute, you close your eyes and you pray to God and say, God, make me a witness now. Forgive me that I haven't been, but make me a witness now. Help my kids to come to know you through me. But if you've just not been a witness in Jesus, do it today. Commit yourself to Christ now. Believe in the one who gave himself for you. Ask him to forgive you of your sins. Trust in Christ and become a Christian. Follow him with so many of us. Christ loves you and is the savior of the world. May we be his witnesses. Let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for the simplicity of this burning and shining lamp. God, it's really stuck with me. God, I pray that we would shine for Jesus, but I pray, God, that we would burn for Jesus, that we would be the real thing on the inside, God, that we would be thinking about what it means to live for Christ, that we would be thinking about how we want other people to know Jesus. God, I pray that you would do that through us. Dear God, I pray that you would use our church like a flashlight shining on Jesus, like a sign on the road. But I pray, dear God, that there would be more people coming to know you. You use people. You certainly have. You always have. And you are. And you will. We pray, God, by you working in us, that you would work in us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.